Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off.
it's not so much the sweet spot because you might have a homeowner that needs all of that 250 or you might have a homeowner that only needs 50,000 of that. And so it's really the motivation behind using your home equity. Um, I would say that most of our homeowners are using it to really better their lives, whether that's kind of financially free from burdensome debt or using it for other investments or even just improving the house that they're living in. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money Podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Talking Money. So, so good to have you here. Did you know that there is currently over 25.3 trillion US dollars in home equity and 17 plus million residential properties have over 50% in home equity? Maybe you're one of those millions who just don't know how much equity you have, whether or not you should tap into it, and then what to use it for. If you're emphatically shaking your head, yes, this episode is for you. Michael Gifford is founder and CEO of Splatero, a company that helps you access your home equity, is here to share everything about home equity that you just never thought to ask. With raising inflation and overall expenses really high, that's probably an understatement, home equity might serve as just a cushion against some of your money woes. All right, ETMers, let's start talking money. Hey there, real quick before we jump into the episode, I want to ask you a quick question. Did you know that on this show, I love to answer your money questions and share your success stories? Your questions can be vague, in-depth, or just anything in between. You can stay anonymous or share your first name. It is completely up to you. And there are no dumb questions. Okay, we've got a short little form you can fill out to have your questions or success stories shared in an upcoming Shauna Shares episode. Just click over to the show notes and tap on the link or head straight to bit.ly slash Shauna Shares. Cool? Okay, on to the episode. Michael, I am so thrilled to have you join us on the podcast today. We've got a lot to talk about. So thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Great to finally jump on with you. You know, thinking about this conversation we were going to have and just kind of thinking about the the current environment that we're in right now uh, with money, right? We've got inflation, rising expenses. So many people are just facing hardships. I think the stat, uh, somewhere around fewer than 60% of the population has more than $400 saved for emergency, which is, it's just crazy. It's kind of the, uh, the time we're in right now. So I just, I wanted to start out maybe with some words of inspiration from you. Like, what would you tell someone listening right now that is really feeling like the money pinch? Yeah, certainly. I think that there's a lot of uncertainty in the economy right now. And, and whether you own a home or not, people are wondering, you know, what do the coming months hold? Um, and I think that 
if you're looking for kind of words of words of wisdom or at least motivation in the near future, um, you know, these these things happen. I think that um, there are plenty of options and resources for folks that are in the money pinch in the near future. And, um, you know, I think everything that we're seeing so far doesn't look like it's going to be, you know, anywhere near as bad as it was, say, the last time we went through a recession, which is, which is promising. Um, and hopefully we'll come out of it sooner than later. But it is a it is a good thing for the economy to go through a recession every now and then. Um, really? Why, why is that? You know, I think that there are a lot of issues that are surfacing now because of the run up in the economy. Um, I think, you know, inflation is one of them. A lot of people um, are feeling the stress of that. And I think the part that we see at Splatera mostly is, is really the housing, right? And kind of the reason we started the company is there, you have a lot of homeowners now that they've gained all this equity in their house and the price has just gone through the roof over the last few years. But they either can't access it or they now are in a point where if they sell, where are they going to go? They have to fight with everybody else to buy another house. The rental market is crazy. And so a lot of them, you know, end up in unfortunate situations of moving in with a family member or just not a great long term situation because of the housing market where it's at right now. Right. So a recession hopefully is like, I don't know, this is probably a bad analogy, but it comes in and kind of washes maybe some of that out a little bit or like evens the playing field a bit i think it can i think i think it certainly can i think for a long time you know as you see these prices increase you probably see a lot of people just pushing for the most of the house that they can afford um and so as that battle happens if you will you see that you know sellers get greedier and greedier with where they want to sell their house and prices just increase and increase and at some point that has to stop Right. You know, it's funny because everybody always asks me, like, there has to be a point, right, where this where this does stop, where it does level off. But it's it's kind of hard to see that happening, especially if you're you're in the market right now to buy a house. It's just it, everything is just getting overbid and there's cash buyers and it's just it's so hard to to kind of keep yourself motivated. It is. It is. And I think that we all are feeling that, that there has to be a point where this stops. Um, and not to really take us down another notch, but the, the hard part with that is, is there's no large influx of inventory hitting any of these markets, right? So how does it stop if there's not just a bunch more inventory and you see significant demand? Um, you know, at some point, supply and demand have to meet. And I think right now we're just in a, we're just in a part in most markets across the U.S. where supply is nowhere close to the demand. So yes, it will stop at some point, but when is, you know, the million dollar prediction? Right. The million dollar question. Well, I was I was super excited to have you on the show because I, I can't believe I've never done a full episode on home equity yet. We've done 850 episodes, but we've never done one specifically on home equity and you're an expert in it. And I I find it to be a real misunderstood tool that homeowners have. So I'm wondering, what are some maybe myths or misconceptions that you hear uh, commonly about home equity? Yeah, certainly. I mean, it is surprising as well for me, since it is such a large (laughs) asset class. I mean, one of the largest uh, in the trillions. Uh, But yes, I think that there are a lot of stigmas around home equity that are difficult um, for consumers. One, 
you know, it's really hard to kind of see the whole variety of options that you have as a homeowner, right? Do you take out debt? Do you use a line of credit? Do you do a home equity investment? All of these things have different qualification processes, different sort of providers. Some are more stringent than others. Uh, But really, like the home equity piece, I think that is most confusing is a lot of people just don't know exactly how much equity they have in their home. Right. And so where do you start if you don't know exactly what you're what you're working with and and uh, and how much you're able to access? I want to talk about that in just a minute, because that is definitely a really good question. And I want to ask you, because I see a lot of money experts kind of in two camps. One is like, take your home equity, use it to further build wealth. And then the other is don't ever touch it and just pay off your mortgage. So what is the right way for us or is there a right way for us to think about using our home equity? Yeah, I think that it it comes down to your general thesis on personal finance for sure. And I think <laughs> that we, I, I would not say there is a right way, right? The historical and traditional view of home equity and, and really home ownership is use this as kind of your biggest wealth generator and your savings account. You're paying yourself every month with your mortgage payment, building that equity. Um, but I would say that one of the most surprising things about starting Splatero recently is that we are seeing almost this newer generation. And I don't want to categorize them by their actual age, but more so <laughs> just your your savvier consumer, if you will, that have owned a house, you know, for maybe now five or seven years, right? Not 30 years. And and they look at it more as a tool because of the equity run up we've seen in the last few years that, hey, I now I do have this asset that's appreciated a lot. How do I use that to, you know, pay off debt or student loans or diversify their investment or buy another house, you know, as a rental property or something like that? And so you have this almost emerging group that says, yeah, it's already built a bunch of equity. Let me now use that equity for something else. And like that has been a really surprising, I would say, transition over the last few years. So are there any downsides if we were to use our home equity for, I mean, any of those reasons you mentioned, either maybe want to buy rental real estate or we want to pay off our student loans or like, what are the downsides? What are the things we need to think about? I think that the first question to figure out the downsides is really what product you're going to use to access your home equity, right? They're not all created equal. So first, it really comes down to the situation of that homeowner. Um, and so, you know, the there are products out there from traditional financial institutions that have maybe a high monthly payment, maybe they balloon at some point, maybe they're shorter term, a bunch of fees. So it really, it really comes down to what product are you using? Um, and so I think that the downside is, is yeah, you can take on more debt or you can have more monthly payments. Um, you are maybe overextending yourself. And so like, those are definitely the risks and really why we encourage homeowners to kind of look at all of the options. Um, the really cool part about what we do at Splatero is we're actually able to give funds to a consumer, a homeowner um, that may not have a job. They might not have a great credit score. Mm, okay. um, and, and we're able to let them access their home equity without, uh, without them making additional monthly payments or taking on additional debt. And so they have now 
you know, a lump sum of cash that they can use however they wish. Um, and we see a lot of kind of the common payoff debt, you know, whatever the financial distress is. Or we're also seeing, like I mentioned prior, that that savvy group of consumer that want to diversify out of just their their real estate to other other mediums. And so um, that has been really exciting. I wouldn't say that there are a ton of downsides uh, in accessing your home equity outside of whenever you sell your house in the near future or the future that um, you you know will take less of a large profit at the end of it. But if you're doing something short term that maybe is paying off your debt or investing somewhere else, then you might actually be in a better situation overall. So not to get uh, too in the weeds of, of math or too nerdy here, but, uh, you know, how do we, let's just make up a number. Let's say we had, I don't know, $250,000 of home equity. How do we determine uh, what is too much to take or like what is that um, sweet spot of how much of the equity to actually access? I, w- I would probably actually push that back and say, you know, it's not so much the sweet spot because you might have a homeowner that needs all of that 250 or you might have a homeowner that only needs 50,000 of that. And so it's really the motivation behind using your home equity. Um, I would say that most of our homeowners are using it to really better their lives, whether that's kind of financially free from burdensome debt or using it for other investments, or even just improving the house that they're living in. Um, and so it's 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 not so much finding that sweet spot, because I would say, if you told me you have, you know, uh, crushing student debt and medical debt that you're making these large payments on, and it's 250000 I would say access it all now and pay that off, right? I think right, this okay. would be better. But if you said, hey, you know, I want to buy a new car and motorcycles and a boat, then I would say, okay, well, you know, maybe be careful with what you're doing to make sure that you're setting yourself up, you know, long-term in a better position. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy, workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? 
If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Position. So it all comes back to this, like really understanding your goals, really understanding the vision you have for your life and and how you want this to play in, right? We have to keep reversing backwards because I think sometimes when we look at the amount of home equity, I know it's really easy to go, oh my gosh, like, yeah, what could I, what could I buy with that? You know, some boats and, you know, whatever. Um, but you kind of let your mind run a little wild until you realize like, oh, I actually, I mean, I'm still paying for it. It may just be in like a little bit different way. But what you're saying about the crushing debt is, is, you know, are these things keeping you up at night? Are these things like big anxiety hangs for you that maybe using your home equity to get rid of that that debt that is causing you a lot of anxiety, stress, whatever it might be, that might be a smart way to go about it. I think it is. And I think it 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 kind of comes back to that portion that we started with, right? Where the the majority of folks have four hundred dollars, I think is what you quoted in their in their savings account. So yes, it is 
you know, glamorous to access $100,000 of your home equity that you can do whatever you want with, but you still have to get back to those principles of do you have your rainy day savings covered? Can you pay off your high interest credit cards or whatever other debt you have? And then you can start to kind of dream about whatever else you'd like to buy or invest in. Right. Exactly. And then we then we have to a whole other episode, but then we have to talk about the money behavior changes <laughs> so that we don't go back and get more credit card debt, which is very easy to do. And uh, I'm guilty of having done it myself. So <laughs> certainly is. It's easy to access, unfortunately. Yeah. So you you mentioned I want to I want to circle back. You mentioned um, how you figure out how much home equity you have, because most people don't know. So what is that process like? Yeah, it, it, it is difficult until you get into one of the qualification processes with, say, one of the institutional lenders, a bank, someone like us. Uh, people will usually, you know, look at Zillow and Redfin and maybe ask a real estate agent around the neighborhood. But um, until, until you get a real, you know, professional with a, an appraisal. Um, is the best way to do it. Um, but generally, you know, you can you can look around and look at not just the number that Zillow or Redfin or someone else gives you online, but look around the sales in your neighborhood, right? And see like this house maybe down the block is roughly the same size as mine. And the, the big thing is that you have to look at the condition, right? Like right. if that is a brand new house, right? It might not be the same condition as your house. Or if an investor just went through and fully renovated the whole property with new kitchens and bathrooms and everything, then it might not be the same value as your house. I think that's where it gets tripped up because the Zillow and the Redfin and everywhere else you find online, they don't exactly know if all that has been renovated or not. And so the condition of the property is really where you need to have some subjectivity there. Yeah, I'm a um, self-admitted Zillow-aholic. <laughs> I, I go and look at different locations that I have no, I'm, I'm never going to move there. But for some reason, I just, I love looking at real estate. I know we, we kind of talked about this already. Uh, because you are in this, in this market, what do you think is going to happen in real estate, say, like for the rest of this year? And like, what do you see next year? Yeah, certainly. Um, I think, unfortunately, for the people that are, you know, in the buying market right now that we'll probably see a lot of the similar things that we've seen um, throughout the rest of this year. And then I think it becomes really a question of how high do we see interest rates ratcheting up? Um, we're still in a lot of markets where houses are selling in a couple of days and that's nowhere near a normal market, right? And for over asking price, uh, significantly, sometimes 10 to 20%. So we see that and it's like, okay, so that means there's enough demand to drive that up where does that demand start to fall out, right? We've already almost doubled the interest rates from where we were recently. And so, you know, is, do we have to double again? Do we have to get to seven, eight, nine, 10% of interest rate? I don't, I don't know. And I think that's the difficult portion. Um, I think it still comes back to what we mentioned earlier. It's just supply. You know, a lot of markets are just starving for supply. And unfortunately, you can't usually just drop a bunch of new houses into a market. And so <laughs> there's either that, you know, I'm in Southern California, there's, there's not a ton of land to just drop a bunch of new houses in. And so that really, um, that really affects what happens with the market. And so uh, I don't see a major, you know, slowdown in that uh, in the near term, unfortunately. 
Wow, that that's not good news for any of us listening who want to buy a house. <laughs> it's tough. It is tough for sure. Um, if you get in and you buy a house, just hold on to it. You know, don't be quick to sell it for sure. Yeah, and curious, are there any places around the country where you actually see people build more home equity than other places? Like, are there different trends that have emerged? Yeah, certainly. Um, yes, the the coast tend to build home equity faster. Um, there are certainly markets in the U.S. that build home equity really quickly, but also could lose it quickly, right? And if you think about, say, your second home markets, you see a, a lot of folks that are uh, buying second homes right now in markets that they want to vacation at. Those markets tend to get hit harder if there is any sort of recession and downturn. They lose value the quickest. Um, but generally over time, you'll see the most home equity built up in the coast, especially Southern California and, uh, and say the New York's Florida's of the world. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I have a couple of friends, um, who now it's been about a year and a half, but this is definitely during a uh, pandemic time. They were trying to buy a house in Southern California and they were the, like, entry price for them was like a million dollars for a fixer and this was for their first house you know and i'm just in horror over here thinking like oh my gosh that is the reality for so many people is is having to go over budget having to kind of scrape together money just to try and get in a house so you know kind of thinking about what you're saying about the market and where it may may, may or may not be headed is it kind of the same adage that there's never like the perfect time to buy a house. If you're looking to buy, you just kind of got to deal with whatever conditions the market's in. Yeah. I think that, um, I get asked that question a lot, actually, as I have friends that are in the same situation, you know, and the, the question comes down to the price of the house only matters when you buy and sell. Right. And so okay. if you buy, and you sell, then you're actually going to realize any gains or losses. But the real important thing when you're looking at it is, can you actually afford that payment? You know, if something happens in your personal situation, right? Like, can you go three or six months and make that payment if, you know, it's a couple and one of them loses their job? Or if you're single and you lose your job, can you actually afford that? And that's a better long-term thing for me to think about. And I, and I tell all of my friends that are in similar situations, like worst case scenario, can you either afford to make that payment or can you rent that house out and pay for the mortgage? Ooh, with okay. In, you know, in worst case scenario. And then the question comes market timing, right? So let's just say you can, <laughs> then it's market timing. It's like, well, are you going to stay in that house for say three or five years? Because in three or five years, a market that declines a lot could still be affected. But if you tell me, hey, I'm going to stay in that, that house for 10 years, then even if the market takes short-term you know, downturn, you have enough where that value is going to recover. Even after the last recession, almost every market in the country recovered after seven years. So if it, it, it comes down to those two things. Can you afford the payment? And also, what's your time frame for that house? You know, If you're going to start a family and you only need that house for two or three years, you're going to be exposed to market conditions. But if you say, that's your dream house, you're going to live in there forever then. It doesn't really matter what you pay for it initially. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. 
The host, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks? Where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building our portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards will remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Interesting. So it's all about perspective. And I I like what you're saying about you always have the option to maybe rent it out if it's not a good time to sell. And I think that's what's so cool now is that there are a lot of different options, whether you're airbnb or you're renting a room out or you're just renting the house. I mean, there are a lot of options that you don't have to particularly sell if you don't want to. Yes, certainly. The, I mean, if you want to talk about another market, that's crazy. The rental market, right? (laughs) Like rent, what, what people have to pay for rent now is also, is also escalating quite a bit. I think it it kind of boils down to what we were talking about before. If there are less people buying houses because it's so competitive, then they need to rent houses, which makes that market, you know, on fire as well. And so, um, yes, the, the ability for you to rent your home is easier now than I would say it ever has been. Whether you want to Airbnb it, there are companies that'll Airbnb it for you or guarantee you rent on it, or just, you know, the traditional find a tenant in your local market and and have them rent it out. Yeah, we moved about seven, eight months ago from actually Los Angeles to Asheville, North Carolina. And the rental market here is insane. We thought, you know, we'll just rent for like a year just to make sure that we, we really like it here. And we ended up having to rent before we moved here. And our landlord who owns the house that we rent literally just did a a video walk around tour and we had to just trust our gut instinct. So, I mean, I, I know that even the the rental market is is so crazy. It's like a whole domino effect, right? Everything is is impacted. Certainly. And I mean, fortunately, you have such great experience on Zillow that you're able to do that video tour and understand what you're getting yourself <laughs> into. Uh, but you're lucky, though. A lot of people that are moving uh, around the country now, which is we're seeing a ton of it, um, aren't as fortunate, right? A lot right. of a lot of landlords will say, 
I, you know, whoever's here on Saturday gets to rent the place. And if you're out of state, it's tough. I I know a lot of similar situations where people are moving to a new destination and they're not able to rent anything until they actually, you know, are physically there, which is difficult. Uh, But you're right. The domino effect um, is real, right? If you have less people buying houses, that means you have more people renting houses. And there's so much cash flowing through the economy right now that those prices are just going up as well. I want to talk a little bit about uh, this whole kind of fintech movement. You've been a part of this for quite some time with obviously Splatero and some other companies. How is financial technology, how is it changing the home buying experience for us all? And what do you think the future looks like? Yeah, certainly. I think that it's really a bigger picture for me in fintech than just the home buying experience right i think it's a lot has to do with a lot of the fintech movement including what spitero does is actually creating products that are easier to understand for your average consumer homeowner but then also we are you know a portion of what we do is really helping a group of homeowners that are underserved or just not served by historical financial institutions, right? And so you have uh, these archaic industries that don't actually serve the majority of consumers these days. And so someone has to help them out. And that's really the impetus of why we started Splateros. There's just classically asset-rich and cash-poor individuals in our country now that don't have anywhere else to turn to access their home equity. So it's it's not so much just like let's, you know, figure out finance and technology and like create a company that can go faster, do better things. It's it's really like there are a lot of people that need help. And so there's a ton of fintech companies that are pushing to help the underserved. Tell me a little bit more about the underserved. Like who are we who are we talking about and and maybe why have they been underserved? Yeah, certainly. I think that um if you look at a lot of historical financial products, you are going to see that it is based on your income and your credit score. Well, that's great. But there's a lot of people that maybe aren't great in one of those two areas, right? Maybe they don't have a job right now because they you know, left their job to do something else, or maybe they're unfortunately let go, or maybe they just don't have a great credit score either because of something that's happened in their life. You know, we talk about burdensome debt or other situations. Um, those individuals also own houses, right? In our situation. Right. So they might have owned a house for a long time. They might've recently bought a house and then their financial system changed. Well, if you don't have a great credit score and a great income and you go to a bank and say, Hey, I want to access my $250,000 of home equity. They're going to look at you and say, no, Right. And so you have, say, rising costs of living, uh, rising equity in people's homes, and you have these people that just can't access it, which is crazy. There's trillions of dollars of home equity, and you have people that are maybe on the verge of going into foreclosure with their home because there's nowhere else they can turn to get cash out of it. And so we started seeing, because what happens with those individuals typically, is they will either sell that asset, which is just a terrible long-term decision for them, but they don't have any other choice, or they'll use really high interest rate credit cards, right? Because unfortunately, they can still get credit cards that are high interest rates. They can get that money quickly, 
which solves their short-term needs, but, you know, could snowball into a worse long-term decision for them. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's like when the underbelly, right? When you start to dig down all of the layers <laughs> with money and finance, it gets really interesting. Yeah, uh, certainly. One of the things that we like to talk about on the show is, is we love hearing about people's uh, money stories. Tell me a little bit about, about your story and, and why real estate has become this passion of yours. Yeah, certainly. I think that real estate for me and my story, I started really working for a fund in the last downturn that was buying a bunch of houses at the foreclosure auctions. And I saw the full gamut of the unfortunate situations where people were laid off of their jobs and they were real victims of the economy. And then I saw the other side of the spectrum of people just using their house like a credit card and had the brand new boats and motorcycles and cars and everything and then couldn't afford all the payments, right? And so that was kind of my initial exposure to the residential housing market. Before that, I was in commercial real estate. And so um, after I saw that, as we started to come out of that economy, uh, that, that economic downturn, I started realizing that a lot of people don't actually know how to get the most out of their real estate, right? They they struggle for a long time to put down their 20%, if you will, or at least to buy a house because it's difficult. And then no one's really there to help them out, right? Like after you buy your house, you don't talk to your agent, you don't talk to your lender, right? And so <laughs> You're then just it's on like, your own. <laughs> yeah, like what do we do? And so that was really where my passion started to build of like, let's help homeowners get the most out of their real estate, or at least make the correct decision when they're coming to that. And like my prior company, we worked with a lot of homes that, you know, needed loved and, and were in a distressed position. And so um, you saw say homeowners said, I, don't, I just don't know what to do with this. Maybe they inherited it. Maybe they just need to get rid of it, whatever the case was. And we wanted to help them, you know, make the right decision. And, and that's how I started Splatero is I I were meeting with all these homeowners that were in that situation and didn't have any other option, but selling was not the right decision for them, right? And so it's like, there has to be a better way. Someone has to make a better product to let them access their home equity so that they don't have to sell that house, right? They can keep it, stay in it, um, but they can still better their lives and, and figure out, you know, what are, the, what are the things that they need to do to make their financial viability you know, better for the for the near term, but also the long term. And it's not, you know, a high interest credit card by any means. Are there any uh, tax consequences about tapping into your home equity? There can be, and it depends how you do it. So you definitely have to talk to your accountant prior or a tax professional for sure. Um, but it also it also, you know, depends on the state that you're in. So for some, there are. Okay. So like everything with money, right? There's a asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, certainly. There's a, you should talk to this person and you should talk to that person. But yes, you have to fully understand no matter what option you choose to access your home equity, what you are getting into tax-wise. Well, we talked about some of the, um, the, the ways that people are using their home equity. Do you see any trends there? I mean, are people, most people now tapping into that equity f- to go out and buy a second house or rental real estate? Yeah, certainly there there are trends and I would say that we have probably three, you know, customer archetypes if you will and homeowners that we work with. Um there is a little bit of that of the buying second real estate kind of the the glamorous use if you will of your home equity buying, you know, another property or making other significant investments. But really we're still seeing 
the I I have debt that I have to pay off. Cost okay. of living is just going right. crazy. You know, I have a family that I need to support. Um, we have some really cool stories in our funnel now where we've helped homeowners that, you know, medically induced coma, went into foreclosure, you know, family wasn't around to help and was losing the house, right? And great, we helped them out. We've helped homeowners that say we're transitioning from a job to, you know, another start their own business. Uh, we helped, we recently helped a, a homeowner who also owned a bakery and uh, we were able to help her save the bakery, uh, which is great. And so it is that, yes, I would like to make these other investments or buy another house, but it's also cost of living in this country is very difficult right now. People are just trying to keep up and this is another vehicle to help them do that. Hey, I'm all about let's save the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I mean, we of course want to save everybody, but I definitely want to save the bakery person. <laughs> yes, certainly. Um, wow. I mean, this has been, this is such great information that I, I think so many of us, whether you uh, own a home or you're thinking about buying a home, like this is a really important piece to learn about that we don't really learn about anywhere. So I, I thank you for sharing all this amazing information. Uh, I, if we, if you had, let's say, one money lesson that you wish everybody knew about home equity that you would want them to walk away with, what would that be? Don't feel like you have to be really financially sophisticated to make a correct decision about your home equity. There are companies like Splitero out there that will help you. And maybe we're not the right choice for someone, but we'll help you get to that right choice. And that's really what it's all about. We're going to be a yes for a lot of people, but we're also going to be a no. And we're going to tell you why we're not uh, the right for that homeowner, but we're willing to help and, and, um, and make sure that you're making the correct decision with your home equity. That's great to know. I, I like that. I like uh, places and people that will say, maybe we're not the right fit, but here are some other places. That's that's great. I love that. Um, I love that about you. Uh, tell everyone listening, if they're interested in, in learning more about Splatero or connecting with you, where do they go? Yeah, certainly. Splatero.com for sure. From our website, we have a really cool calculator where you can just play with different scenarios about your home equity, right? If the value increases or decreases and how much money you're able to access. Um, if they go there, they can go through and kind of quickly fill out the form. It takes a minute or two and we can get them a quick quote and then they can speak with one of our homeowner advisors. And we call them homeowner advisors because of that. They will listen to the full situation and say, great, we think we can help you or no, you should maybe consider X, Y, Z, whatever those options are. So uh, splitero.com. As someone who has tapped into my home equity for both good and not so good reasons, I can attest that if you use your home equity wisely, you can truly build wealth, pay off debt, or just get in a better money position. Don't do what I did once, which was take out money from your home equity to spend it on a very expensive vacation. Probably not the smartest move, but hey, that's the great thing about money is that you don't have to justify what you do with yours, and I don't have to justify what I do with mine. I know that I just learned so much from Michael about home equity, things that I didn't even know, and I hope you really did as well. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead, share it on social media, or text this episode right now to a few friends. This is how we keep the show growing and keep bringing on amazing guests like Michael. I'll see you back here in a few days, my friends, for a new episode.